Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian, Jay, and Matt. The government's making your life a little bit more difficult as well. They uh, Did they arrest your wife or just like charge her? Well, they charged her, and so we got uh, you know just pulled over in town, and uh, a little um, <clears throat> traffic violation thing, and and the cops like, oh, there's a warrant out for your arrest. Oh, lovely. And uh, and 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 the cop was cool. The cop was like, oh, I'm gonna follow you. You know, we're you know quarter mile from the house, and sh- and the, and the, and the officer came back with uh, you know basically a summons to appear. You know, mm, okay, you know, just- so you avoided. She avoided having to go down to the station. And yeah, get, yeah, get and it booked. Was, and, and the thing is, is like there was no notice sent or anything. And this was, you know, we had gotten a letter from uh, NHDCYF because they were, you know, trying to investigate us. And what you got to understand when DCYF does an investigation against you, and you, um, in any way, form, consent to that investigation, that state DCYF, it doesn't matter what state it's in. They get a large chunk of change from the federal government. They actually get it uh, the mm-hmm. money. If you look up the, uh, it, it was a, an act called the Child Safety something. Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, brags about it as her biggest accomplishment, being it when she was in the White House, and you know, obviously, you know, when Bill Clinton was in president, like ninety seven. So this started giving a whole bunch of Social Security mo- uh, money directly to um, the agencies that. Uh, uh, are essentially, you know, like New Hampshire DCYF. So they get, it's like six to like $8,000 they get for like basically when you're like, okay, I'll talk to you. Um, you wow. know, because they just, you're like, oh, if you don't, if you don't talk to us, well, you know, we're going to use Could that get against worse. you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and if you go to, um, I have a YouTube channel also, you put it up on, um, Free Keen on Odyssey. Uh, the YouTube channel, I think, is called Jay Noon or Uncle Jay. Actually, I got to get back to that and see what it is. You but... talking about the video where they showed up at your house? Yeah. So, yeah. so there's two videos. Uh, I made. the second video is once I had gotten a public records request back from them. Uh, you know, I sent a public records request to uh, the director of um, uh, New Hampshire DCYF for his oath of office. You know, oath to the Constitution, and also for their inf- insurance Was there information. One? No, they said, oh, no. we don't we don't have those. Hmm. I actually, they, they respond. I said for insurance uh, information um, and uh, their um, uh, like the bond numbers and stuff and the oath of office of the social worker. Melissa Coombs is her name. And mm-hmm. the guy who was a director at the time, his name was Joe Rispom, I believe. So they're like, oh, we're, we're denying you your public records request because state employees aren't required to have an oath of office who is required is it just the police just the uh the state representatives the state senators uh oh who's required yeah. uh people who are government uh in government positions so the state of new hampshire is actually like some kind of you know legal franchise so i and i've gone back to this several times so actually there's two cases i could point to now um one of them is if you want internet search real quick, uh, Massachusetts State Police or private corporations, you'll find mm-hmm. a Washington Post article from 2014 where the Massachusetts State Police were sued by the Massachusetts ACLU because the ACLU wanted to, you know, did a public records request for uh, basically wanting to know what kind of arsenal the um, and training and equipment the uh, Massachusetts State Police Terrorism Task Force have. Well, the lawyer, a guy named Jack Collins, uh, who is um, the uh, 
chief legal counsel for the Massachusetts Chief of Police Association, argued that uh, the Massachusetts Chief of Police, uh, the Massachusetts State Police, do not need to um, answer these public records requests, Freedom of Information Act requests, because they're, they're private not the government. corporations. They're not mm-hmm. governments. Hmm. And what they provided for evidence was a, a IRS tax identification number that I believe had the prefix 098, but I'm going to have to, somebody maybe can correct me. So I did this deed research all the way back on some properties in Massachusetts, and there was no property tax on them basically until 1940. And in 1939... Isn't that when they went bankrupt? uh, 1939, well, the U.S. filed bankruptcy, the United States Corporation, Mm -hmm. and uh, as far as I'm concerned, this soil of New Hampshire is not the United States. It is a sovereign nation of New Hampshire that is within a federation of other sovereign states Mm -hmm. called the United States of America. But the U.S., uh, essentially, the United States which is defined specifically as the District of Columbia territories and possessions, uh, and also can be seen as this corporate entity that sort of does all this administrative stuff for the District of Columbia and its possessions. I've and, seen that written repeatedly in all kinds of legal stuff Yep, um, where the, the, the United States of America is in or is constituted of D.C. alone or something like well, that. Well, the United States is, but the United States of America is a union of states, sort of like the European Union. So but, the United States is the corporate entity, and that lives in and is only governing, is only allowed to govern over D.C. D.C. and U.S. citizens. This is why I've been saying for years it's important to get our status corrected. And don't be citizens. And, well, don't be a United States citizen. You know, the, the term United States citizen is um, really f- first appears in this context in the 14th Amendment, uh, the sli- you know, with... Uh, all persons born or naturalized within the United States are s- subject to the jurisdiction of the United States or United States citizens herein and are subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. So the way I understand it is the slaves were never freed. They were essentially property that was seized by the United States, by the federal government. Um, and then they were given special privileges and immunities. And those would be 14th Amendment United States citizens. Well, what happens, you know, fast forward to the future is, you know, people are signing government documents and swearing under, you know, some form of oath, like a driver's license or gun license or, you know, any kind of, you know, IRS paperwork that they're a United States citizen. And that's what they get told from the day they're born, basically, until the day they die. But you're conditioned to be proud of it. But of course, as we've seen with so many different U.S. Supreme Court cases, they have ruled again and again that there's no obligation to protect. So therefore, how could there possibly be a citizen, which is the definition of citizen? Even if you look into your plain old dictionary, let alone a legal dictionary, the definition of citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. So if there ever was a deal, the deal's been long since broken because they say they have no obligation to protect you. So therefore, how could you owe them any allegiance in right. the first place? It, it, I don't know. Uh, and the thing is, but people just got to understand who they are, and when they're walk, when they're using the benefits of the state. So, like you hear about these farmers who get um, hammered on by um, you know the FDA, for, like for selling raw milk, like the Amish that guys, stuff. that kind of thing. All that mm-hmm. stuff, uh, and also all the people that I have looked into that have had their children taken from them uh, by CPS. Uh, just like all the farmers who have been basically screwed with by these, you know, um, you know, regulatory farm agencies, uh, sure. 
the Bundy they, Ranch. Uh, all, all all these guys have yeah. taken some form of government subsidy, whether mm-hmm. whether they're registering their land as a farm. Even so the they, Amish. Yes. Wow. Yes, Amish. They're, they're almost forced into it. In fact, I, I used to deal with a tremendous amount of Amish people when I was in the hay business, mm-hmm. and they were basically forced into having their kids ride the school bus. They didn't want the school bus uh, picking up their kids and bringing them to the to the to the. Um, uh, I'm shocked know. they would even allow their kids to be sent to the government schools. Me too. No, not to government schools. It was to their own Amish schoolhouse. You know, if you have the state, you know, mandating child support from your, you know, baby's daddy, if you're taking WIC, if you're taking any government program, uh, you are essential. Probably, I haven't read this stuff, but I can tell you, I, if you get a license to own a gun in New York, or if you get a license to drive a motor vehicle in Massachusetts, you agree to give irrevocable power of attorney to the director of motor vehicles in Massachusetts. In New York, it is the director of health and human services is who you give power of attorney to irrevocable power of attorney. And this is written in there, you know, basically, you know, mountains of, you know, statutes. irrevocable meaning that even if the driver's license expires, yeah, it's yeah. still permanently with them. Right. So, uh, so it, yes, that's what they claim, but they never inform you of this. This mm-hmm. is, um, uh, Massachusetts. If you look up MGL, chapter 93 and a half uh and it's i believe a or one but if you just look that up it'll say any person who applies for a license to operate a motor vehicle within the commonwealth of massachusetts gives irrevocable power of attorney to the registrar of motor vehicles that's nuts it's right there in black and white and so anyways what's happening is these guys are basically the 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 bar association really i i I believe is just enforcing intellectual property law and you are if you give someone you know irrevocable power of attorney so you can use their benefits that's essentially what you're you know what what the contracting is working it out to be and like you know the cops pulling you over don't know nothing about this they just you usually think you're a whack job well Um, they think you're a sovereign citizen and that that just amplifies you the uh, possibility that you're going to get shot that day by quite a bit possibly uh i actually and, and and you know I've had many, many, many interactions with police, and I will would you know say that ninety percent of those intera- interactions have turned out very positive for me. Uh, as you guys know, I was a hay dealer uh, and a horse trader, and I was driving to Canada and New York, back to Massachusetts, and out to Pennsylvania. You know, multiple times a week, I was doing was traveling, so. A lot of times I'd either been broke, broken down or something going on. I've had cops give me rides to get, you know, parts. I've had them help me work on trucks. I've had them even lend me their own personal tools. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I did that stuff for 20 years. And uh, I have noticed that, like, the cops that seem to be, like, you know, in rural America are, like, really cool. And uh, and the cops that I've dealt with in the cities, they were just, like, really happy I wasn't some, like, drug drug runner or something hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so and, and even locally with with this you know new hampshire dcyf i've been um you know it was been a really good positive uh interaction with the uh local henniker police they just you know like the chief police he's, he's like you know i i'm here to protect people's rights that's my job um he's you know and 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 his guys that work for him all seem like they're just pretty um you know stand-up dudes i don't really hear uh any you know, ruckus in the community about, oh, the cops did this to me or that. Uh, but also it's a college town, so they got a lot of college kids to deal with. They, you know, they're, they're pretty occupied. Mm-hmm. But we got to stop as, taking welfare from the state. 
Um, another thing that's got to happen is uh, we need to support um, uh, moms in general. Uh, we need to support uh, like, um, you know, single moms uh, basically as our, you know, free state or libertarian community, the Shire Society, because it is so easy right now for a, you know, a mom to just go fill out the paperwork and be and get a whole bunch of money. We got Rob on the line here in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob. Robert. Hey, how you guys doing? Not bad. It's on your mind, dude. All right. So, you know, the kind of thing that what Jay has been talking about, <clears throat> it's not anything new. This has been going on long before any of us were ever thought of. I mean, Roy Cohn, uh, who was a, a lawyer for during the McCarthy era, I mean, when he became a prosecuting attorney, I mean, he was doing that to all kinds of people back then. It just doesn't seem like it gets enough attention for the public to be able to see this until it happens to, you know, someone that they love or whatever. And then the authorities like the police, the lawyers, the judges, social workers, they're all they all have qualified immunity. So they can do all of whatever they want and never be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this generations of qualified immunity has created a culture of irresponsibility. And so exactly. what's happening is somebody really is a predator and they want to go be a predator. Um, the best thing they can do is go work for the FBI. Or whatever, go work for, uh, but some of them can't qualify to work for the FBI, but anybody can go be a social worker. They're so desperate for social workers they're constantly talking about advertising. Like, like I was um, when I was doing this research on New Hampshire social workers, I kept on getting all these ads popping up for um, uh, be, be a social worker for the state of New Hampshire. Blah blah blah. You know, great incentives, benefits. benefits. Uh, I, 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 so I started kind of looking through them. I didn't see where they were advertising qualified immunity, like right up in front. But I wasn't really. No, gonna, that was like, New Ham- that was a Manchester Police Department. Yeah, oh, that well, did that. Uh, New York State Police, too, uh, they would have these um, at the truck stops in New York. They would have, like, the helicopter parked and then, like, a Camaro or a Corvette or something. It's all state police. But and, they took from a drug dealer they, or something probably, like that. And then they got, like, Tahoes and they're, like, they're whatever. All their, like, bling and, you know, everybody's shiny badges are all shined up. And they're, like, they're, like, be part of, you know, the New York Join State the Police gang. St- starting at $75,000 a year. Um, and then, um, it's, it was like full benefits, um, qualified immunity. Wow. It, you know, it says it, it wow. would say it right on the, um, like, you know, a, a poster that, you know, in the mm-hmm. truck stop. Amazing. So strange. Yep. Do we know yeah, when well, yeah, the, this, the co- this whole thing is, uh, it's a machine. It's a money making machine. It's a self preserving machine mm-hmm. because they need kids to be able to, you know, keep the money, you know, coming in. You know, you know, Robert. I don't even think the money is the big thing. I think for the, I think for anybody that's in, I think if you're power. into money, you don't go to work for government for money. You go to government for power. Mm-hmm. These people are power junkies. Money is an afterthought. They don't even think about that. Um, social workers get paid nothing. Yeah, that's I, a great point because, like, you know, you you can look at these piddly little uh, positions in New Hampshire, like town selectmen, which do not pay no, well at all. But there are busy and buddies they, who can't wait to get into it. They will wield that power like nothing else. Yep. 
It's all they got. Yeah, Even you know, like- I, I went to uh, a long, long time ago. You know, a lot of people know I was a chef for a really long time. But a long time ago, I wanted to, I didn't want to do that forever. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, what are my options here? I could be, you know, that lady that comes around and inspects our restaurant every once in a while. I know what a clean restaurant's supposed to look like. I know what all the rules are. I could do that. I went to find out what it would what it would pay to be a, a, a restaurant inspector, like a sanitation yeah. inspector in New York State. And they were paying like forty grand a year with full benefits, like nineteen ninety eight. They're paying forty grand a year with full benefits, but you had to drive your own car, and they didn't reimburse for gas or car. And everyone will hate you. And everybody, ha- I still remember <laughs> Ellie. I I hope I hope she I hope she bad things. Mm-hmm. I I just did not like that woman at yeah. all. She waltz in whenever she wanted to start, just start you know yelling at us about. This and that, and Ellie, we're doing our Acts job. Acts like she owns the place. Leave. Since you brought it up here, and like I said, I had it in show prep from the Wall Street Journal, it's now nearly a three out of five high school-age girls in the U.S. who were surveyed reported feelings of persistent sadness or hopelessness in 2021, which is a roughly 60% increase over the past decade. According to CDC research, though both high school girls and boys reported experiencing mental health challenges. Of course, this is in the midst of the COVID restrictions as well, so I'm sure that didn't make anything better. Uh, The girls reported higher levels of sexual violence, sadness, and suicide risk. In 2021, 57% of them reported experiencing persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in the past year compared with just 36% in 2011. 30% 30% reported they seriously considered attempting suicide, up from 19% in 2011. So that's like 50% increase. They're going from 19% to 30% in 10 years. Yeah, and uh, uh, Francine Hugan, I think is her name, or Hughes. Um, <clears throat> I, did, I did a bunch of research on her about, uh, well, a couple months ago. I'm actually doing a uh, slideshow um, yeah, I think this ties in with yeah. one of your topics tonight. Yeah, yeah I'm doing a slideshow uh, presentation that I'm building right now. I'm almost done with it with the Autonomy Unlimited uh, guys. I believe it's autonomyunlimited.com might be their website. I should check that out. But that's Richard Grove's operation. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, Francine uh, Hughes, I think is her name, uh, she was talking about how Instagram and social media, uh, she's the Facebook whistle- whistleblower, which you know a lot of people think that you know she didn't really do much testifying but she's quoted in a lot of newspaper articles talking about how uh you know uh the addiction of the social media creates d- dopamine uh loops and she did say that she brought up about the suicide rate was you know being elevated in a, and especially teenage girls because of uh you know everything is going through this you know social media and like when I was a little kid you know if we had a problem with somebody we got in a fist fight and then we realized, and actually all those kids I got in fistfights with growing up, we all became very good friends as teenagers <laughs> and olders. I mean, it's just what boys did. Mm-hmm. And uh, But now what's happening is everybody's getting into keyboard flame wars, and they're not getting smacked in the head. Not long before punched. that, we went, in, we went through a phase of hug it out. Hug uh, it out. Yeah, um, I didn't do much hug it out when I was a kid. We, <laughs> well, that's you know, what we were but, told to do. Yeah. Like the generation right after me was very, very piled upon with this hug it out okay yeah thing. You, know, you weren't you weren't allowed to smack talk and end up in a in a little 10 second brawl in the locker room yeah yeah which they, is those 10 second brawls in the locker room are so incredibly important to male development i'm sold 
Yeah, that. I actually I remember our our uh, I sh- probably shouldn't say the guy's name, but um, he might not even be alive anymore. But when I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, it was actually I was in a new school. Uh, me and this kid get into a scrap, and the the one guy, big dude teacher, breaks it up. And he's uh, he goes, we're gonna have the tension, and we get down there, and he's got boxing gloves for us, and he's he, and it was <laughs> and it was in the gym, and he's like, all right, now you guys are gonna fight, and we're like, well, we kind of worked it out already, you know, <laughs> so we just kind of he's like, well, you're gonna do it anyways, I want to see you, and and uh, he says to the kid who got in a fight with me uh, after I knocked him on his butt a few times, he goes, why are you picking a fight with him? He's he stacks hay and stuff, you know. The other kid was just you know, he was he was a city kid, but. Uh, that that happened to my school, and I and and I don't really know who knew about it, but we did have a boxing class, and this guy was part of the boxing thing, and but yeah, and me and that guy got along, you know, for years after that. One of the things I I say in my slideshow is like uh, we need to, you know, if you took all the time that mom and and kids are devising and just our parents and kids are devising and put that time into parents reading to their kids, like I literally read to my daughter and my son, you know almost two hours a day sometimes wow well we first thing in the morning a lot of times we wake up and we we read books mm-hmm. in fact and they, are they reading yet the well so my daughter's going to be three here in about a week mm-hmm. and she is actually recognizing words and actually uh last night i was doing some some stuff and she's she's i'm going to read this book by myself and so she's reading a book like she's narrating the book very close to mm. what the book is mm-hmm. I mean, she's not really reading the words but she's like dad what's this word mean or what's it oh no what's this word say right here and uh it was you know, a curious george book that we read a lot mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> i forget what the word is right now but she asked me about 10 or you know these words and and she's uh but even like a year ago last spring we're walking through a park parking lot and it was after this maple syrup thing so it was like Mar- you know spring of last year she she goes she walks up to a license plate is that a d is mm-hmm. that an e and and she basically knows all the letters uh she she been able to count to 12 since she's been like you know less than 2 years old because 12 was what fill, 12 eggs fills up a carton and she's been <laughs> getting eggs you know since she's uh mm-hmm. you know but and and even we don't have any pigs right now but we had pigs up until about april of last year uh and uh, every time we would go out to the pigs, we would count them. And every time we would go check on the meat birds, I would, you know, try to count them. Uh, sometimes it's hard to count 75 birds when you have that many, but see if any got, uh, you know, taken away by weasels or skunks during the mm-hmm. night. And um, <clears throat> so they, they know that stuff and they're curious, but I haven't let my kids' minds get get warped or influenced by internet devices. I actually have... A couple of tablets now sitting on a shelf that have, the boxes haven't even been opened. You know, somebody are, gave them to you, right? Yes. Yep. People. Oh, here's tablets for your kid. Mm-hmm. Here's a, two people gave me tablets. Mm-hmm. Thanks, and, but no thanks. Yeah, uh, and I, they're just on a shelf. Mm-hmm. We're not going to use them. And um, uh, do they watch TV at all? Is there uh, any kind so of video? What we have is we have a projector that just projects on the wall of our dome. Mm-hmm. And so we do watch that sometimes. Uh, we were on vacation together. Yep. We watched together. Uh, we were on vacation uh, in Arizona, uh, uh, and uh, that was probably the most TV that actually I've watched in years. Mm. And my um, uh, kids, my my kids watch. They watch some cartoons with my grandmother, I mean, with their grandmother. And uh, but that was, um, you know, my my grandma was like, "Oh, they should really watch this one," and or my or my mom's like, "They should really watch this one." And 
Uh, but she's she, she's into that. She, she's into having, you know, there's a TV in every single room in the house. and That's pretty uh, typical. Right. And and I'm like, you know, uh, I'm like, hey, mom, would you mind just shutting the TV off? We're going to read some books. And, you know, she was cool about mm-hmm. it because uh, we get up in the morning. Uh, we usually, you know, read some books. Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, yeah. Oh, one of the uh, government watchdogs over at uh, forum.shiresociety.com is... Uh, forum.shiresociety.com. You kind of cut out a moment there. I don't know if you got a good signal. Yeah. Uh, he. I guess he went to a King City Council meeting on the 8th, and he witnessed something that was probably routine, but it probably shouldn't be so routine, and that is uh, an asset forfeiture. Ooh, okay. Oh. Okay. So what they did, apparently, the police came in and said, oh, we uh, we have this $12,000 we seized from a drug suspect, and we, we want to give it to the town, you know, something like that. And they unanimously, of course, voted to take the money. Of course uh, they did. And, uh, the what happens if they the, don't uh, take the money? Do they actually? Do the cops actually give it back to the people they stole it from? <laughs> I bet they don't. Uh, yeah, I suspect who, it goes to like the state budget or something like who, that. Whose name is on the money? That's who owns it. Well, whoever the victim <laughs> is. <laughs> oh, the Federal Reserve. That's their money. Those are their oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> They're not yours. Good, Dave. So he's calling. He's calling for uh, like a letter writing campaign or something to make an issue out of this. I don't think the city council would pay much attention to letters, um, but at least it's something better than nothing. Uh, it would just be nice. I, I like that idea of making an issue of it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like you said, it's not going to change anything uh, at all because they're just they're You know, as we know, the Keene City Council, uh, just like any city council, probably anywhere, will do whatever it is the police want them to do. I mean, it doesn't matter the fact that there's been mega protests in the last few years. The George Floyd thing, of course, led to a huge protest uh, in downtown Keene, the largest I'd ever seen in the you know almost two decades, not quite that I've lived here. Uh, I've never seen Central Square packed like I did for the Black Lives Matter event. But the politicians just pandered to it. You know, wait a minute. I think the Black Lives Matter one that was the one where they brought a ton of people in from out of town to do that, right? That was the allegation that uh, that you made. I I presume that yeah, could yeah, that be was true. A, so. So I asked people. Yeah. I asked people uh, where they where they were from, and the one little girl said, "Keene, New Hampshire." It's like it wasn't necessary <laughs> to say the whole thing. You should just say Keene, and so it was kind of clear that they weren't they weren't from there. No, I get it, but still, it counts. I mean, there's still people in the uh, the square. Not everybody's from Keene when we have an event either. Some people uh, come from Manchester. Yeah, it's okay. no, that was kind of fraudulent. Like, I think they were chartering buses of people yeah. from out of town to it's come. A, it's an interesting theory. But regardless, mm-hmm. it still was more people in, in Central Square than I'd ever seen. But it didn't matter to what the town council thought. I mean, some of the politicians were out there politicianing, you know, uh, politicking and all that and trying to trying to uh, get brownie points. And it doesn't matter because they still support the police. They supported the police yep. when they got the bear cat. I mean, you want to talk about a pushback, Dave? It was during the Bearcat situation in Keene. It was twenty, I think, twenty eleven when that happened, or somewhere around that time frame. It's it's documented in the Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree uh, movie, and there was tremendous pushback. I mean, you, there's no way that an online campaign like what you're talking. I'm not. I'm not saying people shouldn't write their city councilor or whatever, but everyone was doing it. 
when it came to the Bearcat. For listeners that don't know, the Bearcat is a uh, a tank, basically. It's an attack truck, as they call it, a counterattack truck. Uh, it's an armored personnel carrier for the police. And it's a piece of junk. Well, it costs $300,000 <laughs> for that piece, piece of, junk. of junk, but uh, you know they like it. And the federal government was handing out the, these, you know, checks. Basically, it's like, hey, you know, we'll give you three hundred thousand dollars. You get this, uh, this tank. You have to keep it gassed up. You got to do the oil changes. You got to make sure you, being the taxpayers of of Keene or any given town, uh, you got to take care of this thing. And then whenever you want to take it and run it through the front door of a free stater like this studio. Or uh, our friend Nobody, who was living next door, when he got his window smashed in by the Bearcat with a battering ram on it. By the way, first time it's ever been used for that after a decade was here in in, uh, in this building. But uh, it was the taxpayers, of course, have to keep do, do the upkeep. And then whenever the feds want to just roll into town and say, yeah, we're going to use that Bearcat, uh, that's that's exactly what they uh, they get to do. I wanted to uh, mention something to Dave, but uh, that's all right. Sorry. He's gone. Uh, I don't know if he'll be listening here. I, I, he might be. I'll just go with it. Uh, so he interviewed Tulsi Gabbard mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and um, he gets, you know, he says, hey, um, you know, right to bear arms. You know, what do you think about gun rights? And Tulsi says, uh, well, we need universal background checks. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and and Dave uh, says to her, well, what are you going to do if uh, for those who want to have guns and have guns but won't get or refuse to do universal background check? She goes, we're going to come get you. Okay. And um, <clears throat> she uh, has her own uh, YouTube channel now, the Tulsi Gabbard Show. And she has really turned around on gun rights. She's she has. done a whole thing about, uh, and I just can't, I, I keep, I, when I hear her talk about how she, yeah, she was like, used to think we needed universal background checks, but now it's come to a point where I've realized that people in government shouldn't be dis- be the ones deciding who can have and not have guns and you know and i and i've uh changed my position on that because i don't like people who do that change their like, mind i don't like i don't like people i don't not when they're government people like is she just like some kind of insider is she like an fbi I mean, plant is she being told to say stuff is she, she a could be well she did yeah. make the gun switch on her opinions on that right around if i'm correct on this right around the same time when she resigned as a democrat yes mm-hmm. so it was yep. like oh now so I'm in no other words, she doesn't Democrat. have any principles at all. She's just parroting what she thinks people want to hear. I think she's doing what she thinks is best for Tulsi. She thinks that yeah. you know she's seen some support coming from people on the right or libertarians over the years or whatever, and she's pandering. Even as a Democrat, though, she was really good. She was basically you know just exposing a lot that you know these wars aren't just they're just about lining the pockets of the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. She was basically sounded like a Ron Paul, but, but at she the same time she wasn't. State. She I mean, wasn't anti-war. Yeah, no, yeah, she was. She sounded. Back when she was running, like a classical Democrat would have, instead of the like the new Marxist, mm-hmm. more yeah. you know, commie Democrats. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Democrats used to be anti-war at one time. I mean, look, I'll accept it if somebody wants to change their tune. I, I people can change sure. their mind. Hard for me to believe it's genuine, though. Like, like I get you know, it. Yeah. So, but maybe Dave Ridley had an influence on her. I mean, it's I, possible. I, Is that I, what you were getting I, at? I think he did because I followed her pretty closely, and she didn't. She didn't give that response anymore. She was. It seemed to be kind of a point where she started uh, sort of pivoting, and maybe it was because you know. And she also says, "Oh, when I was up there in New Hampshire, you know, like there's tons of people open carrying. I saw lots of people with guns, mm. and and she's so like, immersion could have been a fact. She's like, there's like no crime in New Hampshire, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I, you know, I've heard her, you know, and because the, all these everybody who runs for president always has to talk about New Hampshire because you know it's the 
you know, first place they go. and the- That's going to change next year. Okay, well, whatever. But At least for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they made a big change to their system where the Democrats are going to ignore New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation primary, so it's still going to happen here. But anyone who actually runs as a Democrat in New Hampshire will be punished by the Democratic Party in some sort of way. So it's going to be interesting. I, I hope Furman Supreme <laughs> runs as a Democrat again, and actually he will have a chance to win because Joe Biden will not run in New Hampshire in 2024. Why not? They changed how they, they run things. The, the, they've been working on this for most of the last year. Hmm. Uh, this is really crazy and interesting. Like politics is normally pretty boring. This is an interesting little aspect of it where the democratic party said, we don't think New Hampshire because it's mostly white is representative of the United States. And so it's unfair that New Hampshire has the first in the nation primary because it sets a certain candidate on a track, right? Like whoever wins the New Hampshire primary sort of gets some extra publicity and they're, they don't always end up winning. There's they no afraid like, they're going to lose. Are they afraid they're going to lose more often in New Hampshire now? Nowadays, I mean, no, you know, Sid that's just, not it. No, it's it's just pandering. It's just saying, oh well, we think South Carolina is more representative. There's more. Is, is it less white than New Hampshire? Correct. There's there's fewer. Um, okay. You know, percentage wise, there are fewer white people in South Carolina. You know, all these social workers, all these state employees. Uh, they really need to make sure the system stays afloat, the state stays afloat. They they need to be sure that the U.S. dollar, because all, all of their wealth is backed in USD, essentially. Um, so, like, the pension system could, you know, perform at its best, but when the dollar, you know, hyperinflates to, you know, we get to the point in this country where it costs you 50% of your income to feed your family, mm-hmm. like it does in everywhere else in the world where food isn't subsidized. That's literally what it costs. I mean, can you imagine... If you had to grow and trade with your neighbors um, uh, to get all get most of your, you know, f- uh, food, uh, it's it's expensive. And, you know, this like, you know, thirty dollars for a 10 pound bag of, um, you know, whatever hamburger at Walmart. That mm-hmm. is all a government subsidized food you sure. know, thing that's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year are poured into the beef subsidies. It works out to like almost $50 a pound, according to uh, wow, uh, some figures a guy did that um, that I know of, uh, it, you know, just on the beef subsidy. But, like, it's crazy. You can't um, have – I mean, there's always, like, chicken for, you know, two ninety nine a pound, and, like, I raise chickens. You know, that's just ridiculous. You can't sell it for two ninety nine a yeah. pound. It's, you know, same thing. Why is there turkey for $1.99 a pound a week of Thanksgiving? And it's mm-hmm. all government subsidized feed, government subsidized mega farms where you know sicknesses happen, and uh, and oh, and to get the federal crop insurance and all this stuff to grow all this food, you have to do Monsanto growing practices, and you have to use Monsanto certified seeds, of really? and Monsanto certified chemical fertilizers and herbicides wow. and all that. Stuff. Which isn't that actual fascism? Yes, that is. Like, that's that by is definition. The definition. Like yep. there's Democrats everywhere shouting fascism at Donald Trump mm-hmm. when. Actual fascism is part and parcel of the United States government all the time in the that time. form. In that form. That's just one example. Subsidies, yeah. Whatever they are. I mean, you know, like milk should be 15 to $25 a gallon wow. in a store if you actually milk a cow. And you're paying $6 a gallon for diesel fuel. And you're paying mm-hmm. 25 to $40 an hour for farm help. Because the days of hiring somebody that can actually do something for $15, that it hasn't happened for a couple of years now around here. Like, everybody... Everybody's got to pay twenty five, thirty five bucks, mm-hmm. and, and you're training them at twenty five dollars too. Wow! Yeah, what's McDonald's starting in Keene? Fifteen, fifteen in Keene, somewhere in that range. Yeah, the kid who works at the Hillsboro McDonald's 
uh, who changed the tires on my truck a few weeks ago. He quit. He was making just under $22 an hour. I'm going to give you a little bit of audio here from, uh, let's see, where is this? Benin City. Benin City in Nigeria. This is the scene outside of a bank building. The tension is mounting. The tension is mounting. The camera says. People are carrying pipes. The pace is more. The pace is getting more and more on daily basis. There are hundreds of people that are in the streets in Benin. This was posted yesterday by uh, Vanguard newspapers. Some sort of firing going on. People start running in this particular clip. There are a bunch of videos that have come out from Nigeria over the last several days. And what is all this about? People are destroying the fronts of bank buildings. There's another video here of uh, multiple men with large uh, sticks, large metal sticks that are uh, destroying ATM machines, automatic teller machines there in, uh, in a bank. Just absolutely trashed. And again, a large crowd of people watching, lots of people getting video footage, something on fire uh, in the background there. It is pretty crazy. So here's what's happened. And this has to do with the CBDC at some level, the central bank digital currency. Oh. But uh, at another level, it has to do with the old style money, which they're trying to play a little game with, as we'll get into here in a moment. But central bank digital currencies are something that the United States government is considering experimenting with. They have an official, well, I guess they are experimenting with it now. They're considering actually implementing a central bank digital currency. They haven't officially made that a thing yet, but they're, you know, they're getting closer. And Nigeria is something that a lot of these countries are looking towards, as well as China, because Nigeria and China are two of the countries that have moved the fastest towards and actually releasing. Nigeria's came out, I think, last year, uh, their CBDC. So it's there. It's a thing. Uh, For what I've read, only about 0.5% of the Nigerian people have bothered to adopt the central bank digital currency. And cash is king in Nigeria, and I think the number is 40%. Yeah, 40% of the population there do not have bank accounts at all. And so we get to the problem, and the problem is the people of Nigeria are now being told that they have to turn in all their old money and get new money. Now, they're not being forced into the CBDC just yet. That's not what's happening here. CBDC's out there. It's like they're trying to incentivize people to use the CBDC, but it's not a you must move to the CBDC. So why are they doing this? Why are they changing out the money? When I first saw the story, I thought it was going to be something like you would see in Venezuela where they've actually re-denominated the currencies multiple times, where in Venezuela they would knock zeros off of the currency. At one time in the aughts, it was three zeros. Right. It was five zeros later on. It was six zeros, I think. The last time they did it, they would just, you know, you would take a million Bolivar bill and knock five zeros off of that thing, and it becomes a smaller bill. And so that's that's what they I thought they were doing here. But no, no, they're actually keeping the bills the same denomination. So they're not, they're not re-denominating. They just did a redesign. And we'll get into that here. So BBC reporting Simi Jolasso from Lagos in Nigeria. 
They say that uh, this was filed two days ago. People in Nigeria have taken to sleeping outside of banks. They want to be among the first in line to get notes from the cash machine once it's loaded up in the morning. When I was down in uh, Tucson, Arizona on a little vacation and I went to a couple farmer's markets and I walk around the farmer's market and I'm like, take uh, Bitcoin and who takes Bitcoin here? I'm going to buy something off if you take Bitcoin. Oh, Mm -hmm. I I got some silver. I I didn't have any half ounce silver with me. I only had one ounce, but I brought a hundred gold backs with me. Uh, And um, so a whole bunch of people were like, you got gold? Really? You got $4 worth of gold? And I'm like, well, it's one one thousandth of an ounce. And it been, and uh, and we've been trading these at four dollars in New Hampshire. It's about a dollar ninety melt value, uh, but they're like, oh, I'll, I'll trade you at four dollars. And so I Sweet. I bought all kinds of stuff with um, uh, gold backs. I I tried making one girl did uh had a did take Bitcoin. She said she had a Bitcoin thing, but it, which farmers market was this? Where this, this is a Oro Valley farmers market. It's oh, in called, Arizona, okay. a, a steampump right. ranch. Uh, is nice. where they have it at, and because uh, it was a guy who made a steam pump. You know pump what Oro water. is? Uh, no, that's uh, Mex- or Spanish for gold. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all gold mine stuff all around <laughs> here. Okay, yep, yeah, that makes sense. Appropriate and, that they could appreciate it. There, yep, so. yep. So uh, I, I didn't realize that 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 w- Oro was yeah. gold. But anyways, so as soon as I said um, uh, gold backs, like mo- almost all the people. Who could actually make a decision? Because pro- what I found out is about half the people at the farmer's market, they're like, you know, um, they're just there, you know, working for their boss. They're not interested. They can't in, decide. They're not even, they don't even care. They don't know. They just want to look at their phone, leave me alone or buy something. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, yeah, you got to talk to the owner. Yeah. And then and then one guy, uh, I, I bought some, I bought, a, we bought some like, uh, I don't know, some chili or something that we, I wasn't even really that interested in. But he's like, oh, I'll definitely take those gold backs and I'm just going to give my boss to cash. Oh, nice! Because um, he wanted them, and yeah, the, so the goldbacks was really a big hit, and it was the, they are awesome. And as soon as they say gold, people are like, "Really, gold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, silver, uh, whatever, gold. You can actually buy, you know, I, I you can buy eggs with gold. Yes, you can in goldbacks, and you couldn't ever yeah. do that kind of transaction until the goldback existed. It's true. It's true. It's an amazing uh, technology, and we're huge fans of it here. And it also crosses international boundaries as well. Uh, I mean, not What's, that I've. I haven't yep. had the chance to travel internationally with since the goldback came out, but whenever Bonnie and I are at some you know uh, foreign restaurant or whatever, yep. we would love to tip with uh, goldbacks, and then we add it to the tip, right? So yep. it's like you give a good cash tip, and then I always like to say, "Hey, do you like gold?" And the reactions are always even more like intense yes. from somebody who's from Mexico, or we were just at the Japanese restaurant here in town, and they just everybody gets it. You know, everyone understands gold. So what's a what's a one one thousandth of an ounce of gold worth in trading value in in Nigeria Nigeria Naira? right now? I don't know. It's a good question. We you know, or to... or silver or like is there anybody on the ground that let's like, be a lot of two thousand naira? I guess. I mean, there's got to be shops and, and merchants and people trading in Bitcoin since all this Bitcoin and crypto transactions are happening on these maps in Nigeria. So I I, I would imagine those people got are, you know this is why we have to practice doing bitcoin transactions this is why we mm-hmm. have to practice trading our services trading you know uh whatever you, you know if you're a you know you're a carpenter trade your carpenter to your to your guy you buy beef from or for and and actually that's what a currency that i use the most is meat go ahead major hey guys 
hate to change the course of the river, but I want to talk about uh, this train wreck down in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, we've been covering it uh, here on Free Talk Live. I think it got talked about a lot on Sunday and uh, and Wednesday nights this week. It's a pretty ugly situation, and it definitely deserves more coverage than it's getting. For listeners that aren't familiar, Major, can you kind of fill in uh, people maybe just tuning in with what's happened down there? Well, I saw aerial wreckage, and I got a property that's like an eighth of a mile deep. This train wreck would have took up my whole property. There was like, I don't know. I, I couldn't count them because it was too quick, but there was at least 75 cars sideways, burn up, mm. and just charred. And, and the, the government claimed that there was like 3,500, 35,000 fish that they counted dead. But this is just one little dick trickle stream along the side of the tracks, right? Yeah. So that's the only one they monitored. And, of course, they killed that many fish. Well, there's videos coming in on social media. I just saw one, I think, just before the show of a gentleman who is standing in a creek somewhere near East Palestine, I think is what they call it there in Ohio. And he just kind of, like, pushed a stick down into the water, and you could see all the colors of the rainbow show up in the water. People have been uh, reporting their chickens are dying, their animals are, are ill and or dying, and it is... It's ugly. And for listeners that don't know, what happened was this train derailed. It has a lot of chemicals uh, on this train. I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact. It's like one of them was like PVC, uh, yeah. the predicate to PVC or something like the, that. The one, the one bad one, like there, there was one that was, you know, when they, they burned all it and went up the me. atmosphere. And when it comes into contact with water, it turns into hydrochloric acid. Yeah, so acid rain. Every, yeah, everybody's yeah. freaking out about that. But hydrochloric acid, okay, it's going to hit the ground. I've spilled hydrochloric on the on the ground before. Mm-hmm. It burns the grass for the year. It's dead. It burns it right down to the dirt. And the next year, plantains start growing up. So it, 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 it's the poly polypropylenes, I think. That's the, the bad. Yeah. The, well, the other one, the other gas was uh, was phosgene. Now, phosgene is not natural. Like, there's no. Mm-hmm. It's not an organic gas. It's not found in nature at all. And that. That's scary to me. The phosgene gas. Yeah, well, then they uh, blew up, apparently. And apparently this is because it was better than the other alternative, supposedly, was actually igniting and or blowing up these tanks in some way. And so the amount of chemicals that was just exploding into the sky, there's like this mushroom cloud, not quite, but a a humongous cloud of uh, chemicals. Go ahead. I said the plume, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw it. that's the that. word. But for all it. the wild canaries have died, and like you're saying, all the chickens are dying. And uh, I mean, it, it, the canary in the coal mine is the perfect example. They're not even in the coal mine, and they're dying. Yeah, I think there's been some concern about the Ohio River uh, becoming contaminated, yeah. and then subsequently contaminating the Mississippi River, which it flows into. And then, of exactly. course, on down to the Gulf of Mexico, right? So. And, and all the yeah. farms the farmland, in yeah. that area uh, that just are going to have this stuff just falling on the ground. That's bad. And then so what happens is like milk cow, dairy cows, for example, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> any, anything toxic that dairy cows get goes right into the milk. Their body mm. puts it right into the milk. Uh, this is why like you don't want to do a fast or like any kind of like extreme dieting when you're breastfeeding because any uh of your f- fat cells where toxins were getting stored as you were putting fat on your body mm-hmm. would uh get expelled in in, in the breast milk and it mm-hmm. would you know hurt your baby 
Well, it's the same thing for all these cows. So there's all kinds of um, dairy land. There's all kinds of feedlots. There's all kinds of um, farmland that goes, a uh, corn and, you know, uh, soybean and stuff that's growing all out there. Wheat and rye and barleys, all kinds of grains that, you know, that's the grain belt. That's a good part of the grain belt. And then um, you got all that stuff floating, you know, some in western New York is a ton of ton of uh, farms. And then, you know, these guys all uh, irrigate out of these, all these farms along the Ohio River. They irrigate out of the river. A lot mm-hmm. of that water's uh, uh, di- diverted out of those rivers for all kinds of irrigation projects for agricultural land. The Nigerians have said no, basically, to the CBDC, only 0.5%. So, you know, half a percent of uh, Nigerians have bothered to even try the CBDC and or are using it. But as a result, most people are un- a lot of people are unbanked, 40 percent of the population. So they're telling the people that are unbanked that don't want to have anything to do with the banks that in order to continue to use cash, you will need to visit your local bank branch. Probably have to show ID, right? Because they're not just going to hand you the new money. Yeah, you're probably going to sign a statement swearing that you're a resident of whatever providence, that you're a a willing subject, uh, a willing citizen of their nation. Um, you know, you, law enforcement's going to look it over yeah. and then maybe you'll get some money. But the problem is they don't have enough of it. So you've got huge lines. You've got limitations on the amounts that people can exchange. So even if you're willing to wait in the line for hours, you may not be able to actually exchange all of the Naira that you have. And let's say you have like, you know, five duffel bags full of these old dollars to trade in. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to tax you? Are they going to limit you how much you can They're limiting you, you as to how much you can yeah. You know, so that's, you put a million notes in, they're only going to give you 10 back. That's that's how it's working out. Yep, yeah, okay. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but yeah, there's uh, very restrictive limits, and that's why people are smashing the ATM machines, uh, because they can only take out so much per day. Think about being that lady behind the wall at the bank. Like, why did you go to work that day? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you go to work that day? You might get lynched. I, I would imagine. Right? And when she leaves, I would imagine she's going to her home. There's a video, uh, another one of these videos of the bank workers escaping over a fence or like a concrete wall at like the back, uh, wherever it is. It's obviously not where the where the crowd is, right? So like they're going over a barbed wired concrete wall where they've pulled the barbed wire down. They've got a step ladder that they put up against the the wall, and like the men from the bank are helping the bank tellers and the the women go over this wall. Wow! To get out. From whatever it was that was uh, going well, on, I, I can't imagine being brain dead enough to get. And, and you know, this is this not this not just Nigeria; it's all over the world. Who would be brain dead enough to take certain jobs? Like, why would you get yourself into an industry where your job is to help the government screw mm. people or be the government? And screw people. Why would you ever... I don't think most bank tellers see it that way. But most bank tellers are definitely like cult member types. When I say cult, like city urban liberal types who, you know, I mean, they're... they're I, I, I Every time I'm at a bank, I'm, I always, like, talk about the Federal Reserve <laughs> and how it's corrupt. And I, like, show nice. them a gold back. And I'm like, you know, this used to be receivable, receivable you know... Um, redeemable in silver. Silver is real money. It's defined by the, you know, the... You know, an act of 1846 uh i used to i years ago i got like hundreds of these books called trillions for the bankers or it was billions for the bankers debt for the people and then mm-hmm. the updated book was trillions for the bankers more debts for the people 
So we used to buy like a big case of these. You get like 500 and you get them for like, I don't know, 10 cents a piece when you buy a whole bunch of them. And um, I used to pass them out at, you know, banks all the time. And a lot of time they'd be like, I'm just doing my job. I don't care. Derp, yeah. derp, derp. Yeah. Until the, I don't until care. The, until they look out the window and the walls are on fire and there's people standing yeah. out there with AK-47s <laughs> and trucks and all kinds of stuff trying to tear the walls off of the place. Yeah, it doesn't I, look like there's any guns in Nigeria, though. No, no, there's guns. There's oh, a lot of guns oh, in Nigeria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, there's the, another video. Of... There's an AK-47 on the Nigerian national flag. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So wow. they have a right to bear arms there? Uh, I don't. You can get an AK for a couple chickens in Nigeria. Yep. Yep. That's pretty sweet. I didn't know that. Aya Ruka, who's 52 years old, she sells plantains, as according to the BBC, at a market in Lagos. She has had to adapt by accepting bank transfers because, again, there's not enough cash available. You don't want to take the old cash from people because then you just have to go stand in the line to try to ex- you know exchange it. So it's not worth your time. Uh, but she says that hasn't helped her when she needs money. She says, all my customers are saying they don't have cash, so they'll pay me using a bank transfer. But then I go to the bank, and there's no cash for me to collect. So what do I do? She says. Further down the street, Kingsley, who only gave his first name, sells mobile phone accessories. The 27-year-old told me he's hardly sold anything in the last few days. She says, peop- or He says, people only pay by transfer. If I want to get home, I need to go to a point of sale to get money and they charge a lot now. Point-of-sale vendors are individuals standing at street corners who have a card machine and can make transfers for people, but often charge a commission. So this sounds like what you were talking about earlier of, like, what's the black market like? Can you go and exchange the currency outside of a bank and just take a, a huge hit? And it sounds like you can. Yep. Uh, they've been accused of fleecing ordinary people by charging extortionate amounts for cash withdrawals, but if it saves you the 10 hours of having a stand Sounds in like line, a market price to me. Yeah, exactly. One vendor who spoke on condition of anonymity defended the need to charge extra. He said, I queued for an entire day at a bank to get the new notes and old notes. That's why they must pay, because we queue, he says. That means stand in line. Uh, he runs a kiosk. She said that she's not sure how much longer, uh, or she will be able to keep up the business as the banks run dry. She said some customers can get angry and nearly violent. I just avoid looking up at them. They forget I'm suffering as well. Like now, I have to trek for an hour home, and I have only been eating gari, which are cassava flakes. CBN's governor has said he's taking, this is their central bank, steps to get more of the new notes into the system. Meanwhile, according to Yahoo News and also BBC the president has stepped in. What's he going to do? Uh, again, he's looking for re-election. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's out. Uh, they have two terms in Nigeria. So this guy's going out. There's a new election coming in within the next two weeks. Uh, but he has announced that he's going to save the country by letting one of the three banknotes being phased out reintroduced into circulation. So remember, they were getting rid of the old 200, 500, and 1,000 uh, Naira banknotes. The thousands worth just over two dollars. The two hundreds worth like forty something cents. So what's he going to do? He's going to let the two hundred back in. So if you have the five hundred and the thousand, the old banknotes, sorry, you still can't use those. <laughs> but if you have the two hundred, now he's going to be allowing those to be utilized for some amount of time. Uh, they'll be reintroduced. Because of the recent violent protests as people are struggling to get hold of the newly designed banknotes. The old deadline was supposed to have been last Friday to hand in the old cash, but there's not enough new 
uh, notes in order to exchange people. So what happens if you don't make that deadline, by the way? Are you just SOL? If you haven't exchanged your bank notes for the new ones? Yeah, I would imagine. Fire paper now. Toilet paper. He said the new note, or the old notes rather, the old 200 notes, which are worth approximately 43 cents U.S., would remain legal tender for another 60 days. So they, they've extended it for two more months. The people could still use the old 200 notes. Uh, if you have the 500 and the 1,000, then you can go and exchange them. And he blamed, quote, unscrupulous officials in the banking industry for the difficulties in implementing the new policy. So once again, pass the buck, right? Look, it's not my fault. I'm just the president of the country. I can allow you to use the old notes, so it's, but it's still not my fault even though I could allow you to use all of the old notes. Right. This is a Heinlein quote. You probably know exactly which quote this is, but a human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly specialization is for insects Hmm. right yes i've heard that so if you want to you know insulate your kids for example from being a victim uh from being so desperate to where they must take a stick a pipe a gun and go attack the bank because they don't know what to do Mm -hmm. i mean i think all that stuff is an absolute waste of time uh if you're someone so if you're competent um which is you know, being confident but being able to do it correctly is what competence is. Uh, if you have skills, if if you're of value to your community and people look at you as someone who is valuable, uh, first off, a guy who can fix anything, who can do electrical work, who can do plumbing, um, which is, you know, uh, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago, most men, most people in America could do that stuff. Every farmer I know can 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 basically weld, can can wire, can plumb, can you know cut a two by four squ- squarely, can you know build stuff because they do it all the time. Their livelihood depends on it. Uh, all the Amish kids I I know aren't gonna uh, have any probably any problems doing stuff when the economy collapses, when there's a run on a bank, uh, because they're in demand. They make very good money because mm-hmm. they have skills and can work hard, especially today where we have so many people who don't have very many skills or they only have one skill and they're priced out of the marketplace either by foreigners or just everybody went to college for that same thing or everybody went to college for these 15 things and, and the market's saturated in that. But if you can train your kids to have confidence a love of responsibility my three-year-old daughter it loves to go feed her ducks and chickens we were on vacation every day she's like dad i want to go home and feed my ducks and chickens <laughs> and my cows uh even my um 17 month old son i i go we're gonna go feed the cows he goes moo and he points to his mouth and starts opening and closing his mouth you know mimicking <laughs> you know that he knows exactly you know what's going on and that kid will be able to operate the clutch on a two-wheel motorcycle no by the problem. time he's four probably max. probably mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so uh anyways but if you have skills and you're competent and and your community is aware of this your community is gonna first off be like wow we need to keep this guy around when things get really hairy they're gonna like we need to protect this guy and even when times are good you just can kind of name your price mm. so the guy that can fix any car over in nigeria um, and that, you know, he's probably like, all right, I'm only working for people who got the new bills. 
mm-hmm. or it's going to, you know, I'll give you a 50% discount if you got the new bills or, oh, you got Bitcoin, I'll give you this discount. I mean, this has been happening. We've been practicing this in New Hampshire for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well over 10 years. Uh, I've been 20 years ago when I was selling hay, I actually put advertisements in the local one advertisers uh, in Massachusetts where I would sell you a bale of hay for a pre-1964 quarter. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.